chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. Again, you know the topic already. The theme for the Youth Sunday is youthful and useful. Youthful and useful. And we're taking a reading from First Samuel chapter 20. I mean chapter 17, beginning from verse 20. Okay. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the horse was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistine had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper and of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words. And David held them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killed him, the king will enrich him with great riches. And we give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killed this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this all circumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answer him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killed him. Eliab his eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said why camest thou down hither and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness I know thy pride and the nothingness of thy heart for thou art come down that thou mayest see the battle and David said what have I now done is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner and the people answered him again after that former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they re-asked them before Saul and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail. Somebody said, Let no man's heart fail. Because of him, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Let's read verse 33 together. One, two, go. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art better youth. And he, a man of war, from his what? May the Lord bless his word into our hearts in Jesus' name. You see, that was uh, the story of uh, a youth 
I mean, uh, David, a popular story in the Bible that you probably might be familiar with. Uh, you know the story. David was a young man busy keeping the sheep of his father. And that was what he was doing. The brothers would just be at home sitting and uh, maybe probably playing and watching him. But David will be in the wilderness with the sheep. And uh, in that process, the Lord sent for him and he was anointed in chapter 16. And here you uh, saw what we have read about David. Now, quickly, because of time, youthful uh, is relating to a youth. Something befitting youth. Uh, when we talk about being youthful, we are talking about having the characteristics of the youth. Uh, something like the appearance, the, 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 the strength, the vigor, the freshness of the youth. I mean the characteristics of being young. That is what it means to be youthful. To be youthful. So when you see an old man of 60, 70, uh, maybe uh, behaving, jumping and trying to behave like a say, ah, old man, you are still behaving like one of us. Now, that is what it means to be youthful. Having the characteristics of uh, a youth. And when we talk about being useful, useful is useful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what we are saying in essence, if you look at the, the topic, is that it is not enough to have the strength, the appearance, the vigor, the characteristics of the youth, the ability to be able to jump here and there. You know, in the book of Proverbs 20 verse 20, the youth can do to be able to jump is not enough. We, what we are saying in essence is that while you are having all these characteristics of the youth, you can also be useful in your generation. Say amen. That is the, 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 the summary of the topic. As much as you are not uh, an uh, old person, a weekly, we are saying that you have the strength, the, the vigor, of the youth the appearances of the youth you can do a lot with it because that is your glory but we are also saying that that doesn't make you useless in life it shouldn't make you useless in life and destiny what it means is that you can as well be the best in your generation shout hallelujah shout hallelujah so to be youthful and useful means to be able to, to have the capacity to meet a need like we learned earlier. To be able to have an advantage, to be valuable and to be productive. That is what it means. Quickly, let us look at usefulness versus non-usefulness or being useless. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 19 and 20 19 and 20 2 Timothy 2 
19 to 21 sorry nevertheless the foundation of god standeth sure having this seal the lord knoweth them that are his and let everyone that nameth the name of christ depart from iniquity but in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver that is what we are talking about there are different kind of persons there are different kind of people in the world so there are different kind of vessels that you can find in a wonderful house even in the palace in a great house like the palace there are different kind of vessels not only the vessels of gold and silver but of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor 21 if a man therefore purge himself from this he shall be a vessel unto honor what that means it shall be a useful vessel a vessel unto honor a vessel that is sanctified and meet for the master's use meet for the master's use and not just that it is prepared for every good work now if you look at this scripture it is well loaded and packed it means that there are things that will make you useful in life it means that there are things that will make you not to be able to be useful i mean uh, the earth master will not be able to use you in life it means that there are things you must do he said prepared unto every good work and quickly that is how we want to look at how to be useful number one to be useful you must develop a relationship with your creator develop a relationship with your creator you see the bible says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 if a man be in christ therefore if any man be in christ is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new where we read in second timothy says that for you to be useful you must purge yourself now for you to be useful the first thing we are looking at is that develop a relationship with your creator now he created you and he has a purpose for you the creator of anything knows the purpose for that thing it is not in you to develop your own purpose it is in you to discover what you are created for and you don't have any reason like those people that acted to give excuses for not being able not to fulfill your purpose so to be able to be useful in life and destiny you must know your creator what did i say know your creator now let's look at david the analogy of david david have a close relationship with his father and the father had to send him to the brethren so you must develop a relationship with god if you are here you don't know god you are far away from god you will not be able he will not be able to use you now he said in the book of john chapter 15 if you read verse 4 and 5 john chapter 15 verse 4 and 5 he says abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me i am the vine ye are the branch 
branches. He that abided in me, abided in him. The same brigade forth much fruit. It means that you will be useful when you abide in God. So now the first thing you need to do to develop a relationship with Christ. Tell somebody develop a relationship with Christ. And developing a relationship with Christ doesn't mean just attending church, just coming to church on Sunday like this, just being in church so that people will know so why is it that you didn't attend church. No, it is not enough to be a member of a particular church it is to know the god of the church it is to know the god of the church and have a personal relationship with the god of the church and it begins with giving your life to him identify yourself with him and say lord today i am surrendering my life to you that is where it began from so develop a relationship with god number two how to be useful identify a need what did i say what did i say identify a need we read about it david got the field david immediately got to the field to give his brethren food the bible said that he had Goliath ranting right there in the valley. Then he heard the people also talking. And David moved closer. He said, ah, there is a need here. There is a need to be met here. He moved closer. When he heard what they were saying, he said, okay, what shall be done to the man? Not to the man that fights against the Philistine. He said to the man that what? Kill it. Hallelujah. He said, what shall be done to the man that kill it? This also constitutes Philistine, not to demand a fight against the Philistine. The challenge we have is that most of us, we we have opportunities around us, but we refuse to identify those opportunities, those needs. You are waiting, I mean, to be called upon or to, uh, I mean, to be given. The chance to act. David was never like that. David saw a need. He identified the need and he approached the people and he said, What shall be done? Luke 10 42. Let's read Luke 10 42. Luke 10 42. Luke chapter 10. But one thing is needful. One thing is needful, and many are choosing that good path. We shall not be taken away from now. Mary was not asked to join, he just saw the need and she came into it. And Jesus said, This is what is needful. There are needs all around us, there are needs all around us. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, God sought for a man that will stand in the gap. Now, if you think that there are no need, and I am telling you that the Almighty God has a need. What did I say? He has a need. He said, I sought for a man that will stand in the gap. So there is a need even in the kingdom. There is a need for people that will pray 
bring down the glory of God. God is looking for men and women that will be able to take their stand in this generation. So there is a need. Don't say there is no need. There is a need. I sought for a man that will stand in the gap. Will you be that man? There is a need. So when we talk about need, it's not just a, 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 in terms of monetary need. Uh, we need this, we need this, we need this. You don't think about it of monetary. No! There are needs all around us. And the truth is that until you are able to identify a need and you key in to provide it that need, you discover that you may not fulfill destiny. So there is a need in the kingdom. God is seeking those that will pray and bring down his glory. God is seeking that young man, that youth that will differentiate himself or accept from the generation. I say, Lord, I am available. Please use me. Use me. You know, when somebody was leading earlier in the first service, he said, our fathers are already going. They are going one after the other. They are going. Rehan Bokin is gone. I was there in his fire night in Port Harcourt in 2000, 2004. There about, yes, 2004. And the man was speaking passionately. And today is no more. Who will be the Rehan Bonky of our time? God has a need. God has a need. Let me tell you, God is not willing that any should perish or go to hell. So even though people are tripled to hell, God is looking for that man that he will use to win those people back to himself. Now, look at the drama that was acted. Out of five of them, all of them, they had one or two excuses to give. And because of that, they went to hell. All of them, they had excuses. Am I right? It was common to all of them, just like us today. Just as the preaching is going on, there are some of us who are already giving excuses. That one said, God, you know my... you." You, you allow my father my mother to die on time and leaving all my siblings for me I have to take care of them so I have to do what I have to do I have to prostitute to do that and God were you not there when they died and God said eh, you are blaming me for allowing your parents to come home go to hell may that not be your passion may that not be your portion I don't know the excuse that you want to give but I am here to announce to you that God will not accept any excuse from any man he has a need identify a need in the kingdom now you can sing you have a wonderful talent and you are just covering it there you are saying that you are not needed you are not needed let me tell you God is giving you another chance the world is waiting for that song that God has to you that is the song that will change the world the world is waiting for it that gift that the lord has given to you the world is in need of it don't allow it to die there is a need all around us people are crying coronavirus 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 and some people are busy researching and they want to get the the, the prize they want to get the prize and we are there seated 
Tell somebody there is a need. Say there is a need. You are becoming to this church and you not any time you enter this church, there is something that always gets you angry. It could be the way the minister preach. It could be the way the choir ministers. It could be the way the church is arranged. Something else you just get too pissed off. And you don't see it. You say, ah, why are these people behaving like this? And that is pissing you off anytime you enter here. But something keeps pushing you here and saying, you must come here, you must come here. You are here to solve that problem. That is a need that you need to identify. You have identified. Come forward and solve it. Hallelujah. So number one, number one is what? Develop a relationship with number two is what let's read Matthew 21 verse 3 Matthew 21 verse 3 Matthew 21 verse 3 and if any man say ought to you ye shall say the Lord hath need of them God is in need of what you have he's in need of that gift see need we know that we need money but let us not let us not just uh, uh, I mean cage all our heart on that and say that is all. No! When we talk about need, is what you have. There is a deposit of in you that God is in need of. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. Go to five. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love thee and observe thee. What happened? Nehemiah heard that the wall of Jerusalem was breaking down. And he wept and he fasted. He identified a need. He identified a need. As I close that part, it could be in business. You know, some of us are broke because we refuse to identify needs. When you identify what people need around you, that is a clue to where you will have your daily income. So look around and identify a need. There is a need. So to be able to be useful in life, you must identify a need. Number three, you must develop positive habits. Positive habits. Mark 10 verse 1. Mark 10 verse 1. Develop positive habits. He rose from thence and came into the coast of Judea by the, by the, by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resort unto him again. And as he was warned, he taught them again. Now give me this in amplified version. Give me this in amplified version. I want to show you something. If you don't have amplified, maybe you put message. The Bible says, as he was warned, he taught them. What does that mean? It was his custom. It was his custom to teach. Look at it. And some Pharisees came up. Verse 1, please. Verse 1. Verse 1. Mark 10, 1. Not 2. And Jesus left there 
that is Capernaum and went to the region of Judea and beyond and beyond that is east of Judea and clouds that is constantly gathered around him again and as he as was his custom he began to teach them it was in his habit to teach them it was his custom to teach the people it was his custom to do that habit is what you do repeatedly again and again to be able to be useful you must have this habit of doing the will of God what God desires if you read Luke chapter 4 verse 16 Luke chapter 4 verse 16 the Bible also talks about the custom of Jesus it was his custom to go to the temple and to read the scripture so make it a habit to every day to study God's word it was his custom because it was from the scripture he discovered what was written about him that looks is verse 16 18 he discovered what was written about him and when he read it the bible said that all eyes were on him i pray for you that as you do these things the lord will bless you richly in jesus name say a better amen, amen. say a better amen. amen as a roundup what are the things that can hinder us from being useful we mentioned maybe one or two or maximum of three number one we want to look at Cain that is Genesis chapter 4 there was a man called Cain Cain was a brother to Abel You know the story. Cain, God asked Cain and Abel to bring an offering to him. Cain brought the worst offering and Abel brought the best for God. God accepted the offering of Abel and discarded that of Cain. And Cain became angry and killed his brother. And God said as from today, I will only put a mark on you that will make you useless. You will not be useful in life. And he became a useless being. May you not be useless in life. May you not do things that will make God reject you. Say better amen. amen. So one of the things that may make you not to be useful is when you shed blood. Especially innocent blood. when you shed blood and there are people that are doing that freely they will they don't think that they will just do it and just come god i'm sorry and just go like that god put a mark on Cain because he killed his brother god hated when you kill another fellow human being whether through enemies the Bible says in Leviticus that life is in blood. So when you shed blood, God hated passionately. That man became useless in life. Okay, he became a vagabond. Go 
hated him and men rejected him. I want to beg you. You see, we are still young. Don't be like the young Cain, young man that killed his brother simply because he was angry that God accepted his offering. Don't be like that. Number two, Gehazi. Gehazi was a minister of God. He was assistant pastor to pastor Elisha. Let me use the language that you understand. Or prophet Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. And his assistant was Gehazi. What did Gehazi do? Nehemiah came in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5, I think. Nehemiah came and brought I mean, he came to Elisha and said, Elisha, this is it. My maid directed me to you. And Elisha said, okay, go to the Babylon and, and, and wash yourself. And he said, is that all? He was angry and left. The maid persuaded her, I mean him, and he went and he watched and he became old. He came back to Elisha and said, Elisha, I brought all this money, all these goods for you. Elisha said, go with your whatever you brought. I don't need them. Gehazi, the assistant pastor, was there. He said, uh-uh, how come a senior pastor reject this offering? Uh-uh, somebody brought big offering to, uh, to the almighty God and he's rejecting it. Me, I need money, oh, I need money. And because of greed, somebody say greed. Greed is when you, you, you put your eyes, you focus on what is not yours, what belongs to another person. It becomes great and Yoruba people call it Oju Kokoro. It means that there is a Kokoro inside the eyes that is making you to go after what does not belong to you. It means that there is a worm inside the eye, and whenever your eye sees what doesn't belong to you, the worm will be shaking your eye, and you will say you must have it. That was what happened to Giazi. Giazi ran after Nema. Without the permission of his master. And he told Nehemiah, I said, Nehemiah, my master said, don't change his mind. He said, he has changed his mind that you should bring everything he asked you to take away. He said, I, I thought he said I should, I should return it. I don't need it. Ah, he not talks so again, no. He said, make I bring a come. Give me, give me, give me, I go give up. Meanwhile, the master never sent him. Immediately he arrived home. Elisha came out. Met him at the door. He said, Ah, Geazi, where are you coming from? He was trying to lie. Say, Ah, ah, went not my heart with you when you ran after Nima. Eh? Why do you have greed? Choose to collect what God has not given forward. I want to pray with you. I give myself away so you. Can you use me? I give myself away. Lord, I give myself away. I give it away. So you 
free. You want God to use you? God is seeking. He's in, he's in need of people. He's in need of men and women. Boys and guests that will take charge of their life. Just walk out and join those at the front. Let's go. I gave it away. strive with you. I want us to begin to talk to God. But I know there are people here that God is speaking to right now. Come and join at the front. Let God identify you that today you have made up your mind to develop a relationship with him. I don't know what you have dipped your hand into. I want you to today Make up your mind that you are developing a relationship with your creator. Today, you are giving yourself back to God. And no more to the enemy, no more to Satan. Talk to God, talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. My sister, begin to talk to God. Talk to him, talk to him. You have defied all and you are out. Shakuri antalabara kubra dalabashe kerege de lebra dalabashi akata le poskala barikata le de lebra dalaboshi akata le sukari kata lebra dalabosia. Ask God to show you mercy. Ask God to show you mercy today. Say, Father, please show me mercy. Show me mercy. Show me mercy. Show me mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Father, we thank you for your daughter. Thank you for your words. I thank you for speaking to her. Lord, we're praying, Lord, that your grace will abound for her more and more. She has come out to identify with you, Lord. We pray you will make her a useful vessel in your kingdom. Father, please make her a useful vessel in your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. All through her life, let your grace be sufficient for her. In Jesus' name. Everybody rise to your feet. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to pray for yourself first before I will pray. What is it that you think you have involved yourself that make you ineffective, unproductive, not beneficial to yourself, to the society, to the world at large, even to God Almighty? I want you to begin to talk to God and say, Father, please show me mercy. 
Show me mercy. Show me mercy, Lord. Show me mercy. Is it greed? Like Gehazi? Are you shedding blood? Like Cain? Ask God to have mercy on you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Say, Father, make me useful to my generation. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Make me useful. To be useful is to be impactful. To be beneficial. Father, make me useful to my generation. In Jesus' name, we pray. The Lord will make you a useful vessel in your generation. Please say a better amen. amen. And I pray for you, in any way, any form of cause or spare is operating in your life. By the blood of Jesus, today I cancel it. As you have made up your mind to serve God and to do his will I pray that the Lord will oppose you and that the Lord will